Welcome to the Augmentation of Man with Kent and Renee Miller. We're going to discuss connecting the dots between sciences, astronomy, and spirituality. Hello, thank you for joining us. This is Renee and Kent Miller, and we are going to be discussing uh, a lesson taken from the Augmentation of Man, the study in Renaissance. The lesson is called The Safe Box, and it has to do with our ability as a race to look at the whole picture, whether we perceive it as positive or negative, and the fact that, and we're going to address that in recent times, there's been a lot of focus on focusing only on the positive, and we're going to tell you why that's not such a good thing. Well, positive... Um, humans present the positive because they're they're afraid or they hide the negative, which is internal feelings. And in recent years, we've been taught to not to just focus on positive because we have to look at the whole picture. Right. So um, what our guide was saying was that humans often just focus on the positive and they're hiding what they perceive as a negative, and it's creating an internal conflict. Well, positive and negative, it relates to how um, we feel or how we want a desired outcome, whether it's and we put the word positive on it or negative, but it all has to do with emotional feelings. And it's uh, based in perception. And so... What we're being told is that this is not the way the universe looks at the definition of positive and negative. And so we're going to go into that a little bit deeper, um, how each is defined. So Kent said, we tend to look at something positive or negative based on how it makes us feel, the emotional aspect or the outcome of an event based on whether or not we like it. And um, the universe looks at it in a different way. The universe looks at it, at it as an expansion of consciousness. And we do not factor in learning if learned or achieved, regardless how painful it is. And we need to learn this for a greater understanding of what positive and negative truly mean. So in a universal sense, positive and negative is all about the expansion of consciousness. So positive behavior is one who seeks to understand. Who moves towards. It moves toward behavior. an expanded understanding or expanded consciousness and um, the support of that, say, of a teacher is supporting that field in providing the, the teaching and the understanding that they have to another person. So the negative would be you don't understand. You're in the dark and you're still groping because you don't understand. And it also, um, negative in a universal sense, is the opposite of expanding consciousness. So it's um, either self-imposed, I don't want to learn, um, or it is... Another being, whether it's physical or non-physical being, that is trying to keep others in the dark. 
And that is the definition universally of negative behavior. Well, we live in an experience. How do you say that? <laughs> an experiential <laughs> learning field in which uh, where most things are almost complete um, control of consciousness from various entities, mostly humans. They try to seek and control others. And so to control others is really a negative feeling because they're using negative expressions. And that is directly related to the control of consciousness. So there's on earth, there's a lot of agendas going on. There's agendas, uh, multiple, multiple uh, human agendas that seek to control the narrative. So, and that also includes um, something that benefits them in some way. So what they do is they give us a piece of the picture with the intention of leaving us to believe that is the entire picture well, when it's um, a narrative that suits them to some extent. Yeah, they propagated misperceptions because that's what they learned. Right. That's what they were taught when they were young. Well, not not necessarily. It could be a learned behavior well, it too. Could be, yes. And so um, there's other people who are propagating misperceptions based on the way that they're taught. And I think that's what you were getting at. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and one thing that um, to me, I relate to that is like uh, religious teachings. We're taught in a certain way and our religious leaders go to school and they're taught um, what to, how to translate um, perhaps these ancient books like the Bible and, and other various books. So they're only repeating what they have been taught. So I don't look at it as a negative, only that this is how they were taught and they um, had faith yeah, well, in their teachers. Like with all things, you have to open up your mind to really learn. You just don't accept everything as face value. Now, the Bible has a small amount of Jesus' teaching, which are absolutely true, but they, they teach everything. So you have to open up your mind about anything, whether it's Koran or the Hindu religion or the Bible, whatever. You have to open your mind and see where truth lies. So in our um, the way we have been taught by our spiritual guides is that we are moving into a new cycle of learning that includes conceptual learning. And what does that mean? That means to, to look at the entire picture and to connect the dots. So we need to have an open mind and to have an open mind, we have to remain neutral. Okay, I have a question then. Why are there so many women focused on maintaining the positive. And so this was actually a question that I had asked our spiritual yeah, well, mentor. And the answer was fear of that, that they don't understand fear of the highest order of understanding. Explain that. So, um, sometimes Is we just are afraid of, um, what the truth is. And in reality, when we understand what the truth is, 
there is no fear involved. But sometimes our mind is conjuring up things and filling in the blanks. So maybe we have a little bit of information about something. And because we don't, um, we don't understand the entire picture, we start filling in the blanks. And those things that our mind conjures up is creating the fear. Okay, well, our minds don't necessarily call it. could be an environment around us, like, like there's a ghost in the closet when you're a child. And you, you learned to look at the closet or whatever. And that could have been perpetuated by the parents or a friend or whatever. The boogeyman in the closet really isn't a boogeyman. It's just misunderstanding. But we're taught at an early age to accept what might be in the closet. So um, this was part of the lesson that the mentor had delivered. And what they're saying is that for women, sometimes as we're growing up, our parents will accept our behaviors um, when, when it's related to fear. When we're small. Yeah. When we're small. And, you know, maybe they're perceived as being cute or whatever by the, the parent, but it um, is a behavior that is accepted by the parents and it just carries on into adulthood as the uh, children, or in this case, we're talking about females, as they grow up, they continue of, with you know, that behavior. It tends to reflect more on a female than it does a male. Yeah, and it doesn't mean it's limited to females. But um, so um, it is a behavior that is um, presented by the female that is acceptable to move forward not to be um, forced into looking at the boogeyman in the closet. So we are kind of, um, society tends to accept the fact that a person doesn't want to look at what causes them fear, even though it, it, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but even though it may be irrational and may lead one down a path of not fully understanding a particular situation. Well, what are false fillers? So the false fillers are um, things that our mind conjures up to fill in the gaps of understanding because we don't have all the facts. And it keeps us, holds us back. It doesn't let yes. us move forward. Right. And so what we're being told is that we need to face our fears head on and we need to look at things yeah. that do cause us fear and start asking questions yeah. because in the end, that greater understanding is going to alleviate the yeah, fear. Yeah, once we face our own fears and we understand who we are. Yes, that does lead to that, mm -hmm. um, to the an understanding of who we are on a more expanded level, including the higher self. Well, males actually can be boxed in also. Um, work of protecting the family makes it more difficult to find a balance uh, to understand the opposite sphere. Yeah, because a lot of times men are, um, you know, the the energy, the male energy is focused on survival and um, providing for the family and, and more of the harder 
um, behavioral aspects of humanity well, being human. You have to look at both sides of what's, what's going on. And, and so it's a little bit harder for men sometimes to look at that more feminine side, um, they, you know, for various reasons. But um, they can be boxed in, too, in their understanding because they're unable to look at the bigger picture for um, various reasons related to their uh, maleness. Yeah, well, politics can also keep us, uh, box us in, keep us from looking at the because other side. Because we're polarized. And, and um, when we're polarized, we're not neutral. And so if you look at a sliding scale... Well, you, know, you can't look at the whole force because there's a tree right in front of you. Yeah. Um, the analogy I like to use is... If you have a sliding scale and you have a, a zero in the middle, which represents neutrality, complete neutrality, and you have a positive on one side and a negative on another, you can lie, people lie anywhere on that scale. And, um, and it can be mo movable depending upon the uh, discussion at hand. But if you are on leaning toward a positive or you're leaning toward a negative and the further toward those ends you get, the harder it is to look at the other side. And so um, it's just too far away from where your reality is. And so if we really work to, to try and get ourselves in the middle where that as zero as is, we can. right. To, and to it takes a lot of work without to do emotion. Yes, and, and not to be emotionally caught up into it, but to be able to open our eyes and to see both sides, the positive and the negative, is going to give us a more comprehensive view and a clear understanding of the whole picture. And so to be truly enlightened, one must be able to look at and understand not only both sides, but all the angles in which something can be viewed. Yeah, we've heard people saying they're enlightened, they have all this information, etc. But, but they're polarized. The ones that are truly enlightened are not polarized. They don't look at. They don't sit on one side of the fence or the other. They try to mm -hmm. look at both sides and learn from it. So also, and you'll notice those who are truly enlightened, and you know you can look at some of the masters, um, they're able to maintain their composure and not get excited about anything. Um, because but, it's only being here. It's, it's far beyond our being. Well, because they're, they are truly neutral mm -hmm. in the way that they're looking at learned. everything. They've learned to be neutral. They've learned not to be entangled in the emotional aspect and to be able to to gather the information and to connect the dots so that they can see a bigger picture. Yeah, and they can see the bigger picture beyond what is happening right now when you're able to do that. Yes. So how many are out there, how many are actually want to take the time to try, not it's not going to happen overnight, but to try to become more neutral and to look at both sides? So a comprehensive view can be um, helped by engaging in group discussion where each person gets to verbalize their view so that the group 
can see other people's points of view, which would be their the aspect from which they're viewing from now, or the angle the that they're of, viewing you know, these from. These points of view are all emotional. That's what we have to understand. Even though you may agree or may not agree, it is all emotion. I would disagree to some extent. It can be um, just um, subject to well, uh, the things that you, we've been exposed to. Yeah, when you know the truth and you know the facts. And, and the problem is we have to discern what is truth and what isn't. Just because a person, a human says this and this and this happens doesn't necessarily mean truth. You have to do your own research and find out what the truth is. That That is correct. But um, my point was that um, we are limited to our the way that we view things based on the experiences that we have had in our lifetime. So it's not always an emotional um, response to, to any discussion um, that is coming, you know, that relates to our viewpoint, but we can be, um, we can present our viewpoint only based on what our experiences have um, enabled us to be able to see okay. at this point and with in that, time. How much of that is really truth and how much of that is experience based in emotion? Or experience. Experience based in emotion. Okay. Well, so it's, many times I, we'll point, agree to disagree. Yeah, my point is that it's not always emotional, but okay. we tend to react emotionally when um, we are not sitting in square in the middle as far yeah. as neutrality. And so um, Kent does have a point there. So in order to um, move into a uh, new conceptual learning it's not an easy task. It does take work to be a comprehensive conceptual being, which is where humanity is moving. But it, um, is, it involves us having mutual respect so that each person has a voice that they can express where they are at in the way that they view a, a given topic. And that we can engage in discourse, we can do our research, and then connect the dots. And, yeah. and of course, this find requires... Out, we might find out we're both wrong when we do the research. So <laughs> just because you say, I'm right, because I know this, have research to back up your claims. I think, too, it's, it's um, you know, more not... I would say not that one's wrong and one's right or nobody's right. I would say that we all have a piece of the picture. Okay. I'll agree to that. Okay. Right. So, and it does require our being neutral. Okay. With that, thanks for joining us. We appreciate um, you spending your time with us. And we ask that uh, you be open to, to looking at the second book, which we, we put out just very recently. Um, the Acquiescence of Man, which is an exceptional read. The Acquiescence of Humanity. Oh, excuse me. The Acquiescence of Humanity. It is an exceptional read. It's it'll, very interesting. Yeah, it'll, it'll bring forth a lot of understanding 
that you may be looking for. And it's available on Amazon. And the other thing is, is that we are getting ready to publish our second edition of um, the, augmentation the Augmentation of Man, of Man a study in Renaissance, which was originally published on Balboa Press, and it had minimal interpretation. The second edition, we have expanded heavily in our interpretations of these um lessons that were received by the ancients and other um, high spiritual guidance while Kent is in a deep trance. And we have expanded the glossary so that it is much easier to read. And um, it offers a place to start because you can go to our interpretations and then you can back up and read the original lesson as it was given verbatim. We have not changed the language that we received it in. And you can compare it and you can make your own choice as to whether or not you agree with our interpretation or you see something different. Yeah. So they're very interesting books. And um, I consider them, we consider them enlightenment tools. They are uh, a new way of teaching that is designed to produce an effect of a greater, more expanded understanding. So with that, we thank you for joining. Visit us next time. Have a great day. And as always, peace be with you on your journey to enlightenment. Take care now.